Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Evaluate your team for your success. Remember, I'm a very dentist-centric person. That doesn't mean that we have to be self-centered, but it does mean that at some point in time, since it's your name on the door, it's your career, your associates, your career path, you've got to focus on what's best for you. And then once you learn what's best for you, being a good leader allows you to lead and cultivate and uplift those around you to help achieve your goal, that's about helping getting people to join in on your mission. We've been misled to believe that dentistry, more specifically the dental business, has to be complicated. Dentistry can be simple and dentistry should be simple. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Dentistry Made Simple. I'm your host, Tarun Agarwal, better known as T-Bone, and I'm joined by my co-host, who is one and a half people this week, <laughs> Meredith Cooper-Jones. Hey, have you ever sat down and kind of thought about your team and are they getting there to help you go for success? And are they driving the same boat and the same direction as you to help you get your success? On this week's episode, we're going to really sit down and kind of dive through evaluating your team for your own success. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I'm going to turn over to Meredith and let her talk to you about some different reviews and different things we have going on here at 3D Dentists. Hi, everyone. We are excited to have you back for How another week. How pregnant are you week. today, Meredith? <laughs> She's as big as a, I don't know, i got to look at the fruit, at 24 weeks. But I think it's like a papaya or a banana. But it, looks like, it looks like a very large <laughs> a watermelon. watermelon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's get started in today's episode. I do have a new review. So if you have not left us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate it. This one is from The Unlimited Dentist. It says, T-Bone is even more handsome. I feel like that should ding back to you in your princess face. <laughs> My favorite business and clinical podcast. So There's no you. other business and clinical podcast. <laughs> There's a few. <laughs> Dental podcast. And this is from The Unlimited Dentist. So thank Excellent. you yeah. for that review. Well, I know you guys have heard a bunch of things coming up. We have some exciting stuff coming for 2023. We invite you all to join us at our first annual 3D Growth Summit. Yeah, May 4th and 5th. Do you want to talk 5th. a little bit about that in Nashville? Well, yeah, you know, um, I'll keep it short and brief this okay. week. Basically, here's the deal. You know, back in 2003, I co-founded the Dental Town Meeting, and it was for a community of people in the Dental Town, the townies. I did that along with Samir. And the beauty of that meeting was is that we had complete control over making it all about the attendee dentist. And we had minimal interaction or pressures from companies. And, you know, it wasn't this whole 
thing that meetings have become where it's just a big sales pitch. And、mm-hmm. we really want to kind of get back to that. For me, I want to get back to that. So our 3D Growth Summit is really about helping you grow your practice, leveraging technology, leveraging clinical communication, leveraging your team to help you grow your practice and to give you a message around growth of your practice without having a completely commercial Uh, type of thing. Now, of course, we can't make our practices grow with our products and techniques and different things like that. But our promise is to make it a great event that's fun for you, your team, to help、uh, be focused around the message of growing your practice. You know, that's kind of the deal there. So it's、uh, three days. Two days are open to the public. Thursday and Friday. Wednesday is open to our masterminders. So we'll do a private event at、uh, Dr. Sully's office on Wednesday, and then the, the general program will be Thursday and Friday in Nashville, Tennessee, right in downtown on Broadway. So we're excited、yeah. for that. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, let's get into today's episode on evaluating your team for your success. And I think we emphasize your success because that's. Different for everyone, right? Yeah, but not just that. I think sometimes what happens is we forget whose name's on the door. When your name is on the door, it's really got to be about you. It doesn't need to be about me or what I define success as, or what somebody on social media defines success as, or what can some consultant is telling you what success is. And success changes over time. For me, early in my career, success was making money.、Right. Now, success is about time and getting time to spend time on things that are more important to me. And then maybe at some point in time, it'll be more about sat. Well, it's kind of starting to become more about satisfaction as well and enjoying what I'm doing in dentistry. Yeah. Well, I think the main thing is getting clear on what. Success、yeah. is to you because I think a lot of time people are like, "Well, I just want to be successful," but yeah, or they say more. Yes, I want to do more, more. money, or、yeah. I want to do more implants. This,、yes. You know, it, it's got to be to me. The defining what's successful to you is about. It's really about deciding what you want, recognizing that you're. You know, you may be at a different stage in your life, and then being very specific、uh, with the measurable there. So,、yeah. for example, hey, I want to do. One more implant per month, or hey, I want to. This year, I want to add X Y Z to my practice, and not just add it, but do this many of X Y Z. But for today's example, I kind of want to talk about something that's a little bit broader. As much as I said, you got to be specific,、yeah. but I want to talk about being a little bit broader here, and and that is, hey, I want to take control of my schedule. Yeah, you know, I want to see less patients per day. I want to not feel like I'm running around. I don't want to feel like I've got to add another column to take care of all these patients that I have. And the reason I pick that one is, I believe the schedule, yeah, for ninety five percent of the dentists is really what holds them back from achieving. Their long-term success, or short-term success, or leveling up to that next step, is really about getting control of the schedule. Yeah, I agree. And some of our, from some of our masterminders、mm-hmm. in the past that we've had, that success to them would be working more to make more money, actually working the hours, working less, maybe just working the hours they're scheduled to yeah, work, and not, not having to come in early, not working through lunch, lunch and working late. All of these things that define what their、yeah. success is all kind of relate back to controlling the schedule. So、yeah. when you say it's kind of broad, it's just because it covers quite a few、yeah. of the subjects that people use when they consider success.、Hey, you know, the other point of the schedule, and I feel I really do feel like a broken record. So many every week, almost. Yeah. <laughs> is people say I want to do more implants, or I want to do more X, Y, Z, or I want to do more cosmetic cases, and the truth is, is many of us. It's the schedule that holds、being、us back.、Available. It's being,、right. you know, or having 
people say, well, I'll just work them in. And that's how less than ideal results happen. That's how we start training our team members that it's okay to squeeze things in. And next thing you know, you're squeezing in X, Y, Z. And you're irritated with the treatment that's been scheduled for three months. Yeah. That is what you think is what making you run behind. But really, it's what you squeezed in, yeah. even though that's what you wanted. Or to. you're not focused and able to do the best job possible. And you get, you know, maybe it's a good result, but not the great result that you're hoping for. And, and so much of what we do isn't just about money and the type of work we do. We also want to be proud right. of the work we do. Not just patient proud, but internally proud that, hey, I'm doing this type of dentistry and I'm doing it at a high level and I'm getting it done efficiently and predictably. And so that's kind of important. Yeah. Well, let's talk about controlling the schedule mm-hmm. and figuring out how you're going to get there and how you're going to reach that success of yeah. controlling the schedule. So this, again, I'm very dentist-specific yes. here on this particular part of it. And, and let's figure out how you're going to get there. Uh, and to me, how we're going to get there is always kind of evaluating ourselves from three different perspectives. Uh, step one is our clinical skills. Do we have the clinical skills that are going to get us or help us drive that success? Part two is going to be, do we have the soft skills or do, does my team have the soft skills that's going to help us basically get more people to say yes in this particular situation? And then number three is, do we have the infrastructure or the processes in place to kind of get there? As it relates to the schedule, we'll say that the clinical skills are there. The truth is, is the average person listening to this podcast take CE, they have lots of clinical skills, you know, they know, you know, most of them, half of them probably do implants or know how to do implants, maybe a little less than half do sleep apnea, but we all know cosmetic dentistry, we all know, you know, advanced dentistry, we all know, you know, most of us probably do root canals, take out teeth, we have the clinical skills, but it's the other two things, the soft skills and the infrastructure that are holding us back, and when it comes to the soft skills, really that's really about your chairside manners when you're talking to patients and the words that we use and being influential in the words we use versus educating our patients. And when it comes to infrastructure, I really think infrastructure is an area that dentists are overlooking or not thinking about properly. Most people think of infrastructures. Do I have enough operatories? Do I have enough equipment? And, and I make the assumption that we have those things. And to me, it's really about how are we leveraging the infrastructure. So for me, controlling your schedule is, hey, am I scheduling properly to utilize my, in my case, CEREC machine, right? So do we have enough milling units? When we have the milling units going, is my team able to do, take it from the, once I'm done prepping and take the digital impression and mark the margin, can they design, can they send it to the milling unit? Can they adjust the zirconia, the Emacs, whatever you're using? Can they stain and glaze it? Can they get it so that you're free and during that free time you can go do consults, hygiene checks, or maybe in your situation, more dentistry or in another, on another patient, you know, are we leveraging the infrastructure to do those things? So, you know, we got to go through and write that down. So for me in this situation, in our example this week is the clinical skills are there. We've got the clinical skills. We need some work on the soft skills. I would say that the soft skills out of these three Mm -hmm. are probably the hardest for most people. Infrastructure, I think, is like the systems that we Mm -hmm. put in place and those can all be taught. And usually trained by other team members, yeah. and they're usually how the or the manufacturers, yes. you know, their the training programs. Yes. Yeah, but the soft skills. I mean, from what I've seen, dentists and hygienists both in school are taught mm-hmm. to educate. Yeah, and they just use technical over-ed- words, super technical. Yeah, words. and they overeducate and overeducate. And I just it brings me back to that time we did an FA and we told the patient they needed resins. Yeah, and you brought you brought it up on like the projector, and you were like, I need everyone to Google a resin. 
And it was like tree sap. Yeah. It was like, great. So with these patients who have no dental knowledge are going home and saying, I need a number 14 tree sap. Yeah. <laughs> we're educating, but we're educating to people who have no knowledge and it's overwhelming. Yeah. And that's not the way to sell. That's actually probably pushing them away because... It's confusing them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So you got to find out how you're going to go with there. Look in those three specific things and then write down. The soft skills in this case is, I think the soft skills... The first step to controlling your schedule, the soft skill, is probably a couple of things. One is learn to actually use less technical words to your patients. In fact, one of the things I often talk about is that we should be able to actually have our patients say yes to doing the dentistry they need and want to have done without actually telling them what we're going to technically do to them because it should be about trust. But then the other soft skill to controlling your schedule, I think the easiest soft skill that you can put into place is just asking your patients if they'd like to do all their dentistry done at one time. If you kind of just kind of implement that right there, you'll start getting patients that want to do more dentistry all at once, and that'll start forcing you to see less patients, and that'll kind of start taking away some of the chaos from your practice. Now, in terms of infrastructure, to me, the infrastructures are going to be, I'm a big believer in single-visit crowns. I'm a big believer in sedation. I'm a big believer in, do I have an apex located to make endo easier? Do I have PRF to make bone handling easier? All of these things. That's what I mean by infrastructure, to start delivering the type of care that we need to control the schedule. Because part of the schedule is getting, when you have to start bringing people back multiple times for a crown, for example, a, a, a prep date and a seat date, that's just more and more chaos. And then, you know, we train our team members that we've got to be productive. And then that means that seat visit is worth nothing, right? There's no credit for that visit. So then they start counting it and putting it over the side. And and that's kind of how the chaos, my experience has been, how the chaos kind of starts. Yeah. Well, I think the infrastructure can also relate to the people, Mm -hmm. the people in the office. That's where you can kind of look internally to see who's going to help get you to this success before you start. I mean, we have a great example of hiring from outside Mm -hmm. that bit you and backfired on the whole team, right? Yeah. So look first to see who that you think can step up and lead within your team. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, let's get back to this week's episode. 
working. Yeah, and so when you look internally to, internally to see who is going to help you get there, I'm kind of thinking of two things here. I'm thinking of how we delegate the different things. When we go to, when we figure, in the previous step, we kind of talked about figuring out how you're going to get there. You know, the clinical skills, that's, yeah. you got to delegate that to the dentist. So there's no one else to delegate that to. The soft skills, to me, that's all about role-playing and practicing. To me, I would look at how am I going to delegate that to, what team member is going to make sure that we have time scheduled every month to do role-playing and coaching? What team member is going to make sure that we have two or three patients, that cases that we can role-play through, or two or three types of cases? Because ultimately... We can't leave it all on the dentist because I mean, we can, but then there's a there's a there's a ceiling to it. There's a limit, yeah. and then if the you're so is too full. Yeah, that. and then that that's what kind of creates some of this issue to yeah. begin with, right? So you got to learn how to delegate. And another area I really want to talk about with looking internally is understand the strengths and weaknesses of your team. Now, a lot of people will talk about to start focusing on the weaknesses of team members and trying to bring them up. And I've learned in 23 years of doing this, a few years back, you stop focusing on the weaknesses and start really diving into people's strengths. You know, when somebody's weak in a certain area, you know, you try to bring them up to a basic baseline level. And at that point, you got to decide if they're going to fit the team or not fit the team. But you really want to focus in on the strengths and make their strengths super strengths. And stop trying to bring people up in areas that they're not going to be. So some as people, long as they fit the culture. Yeah, of course. At some point, there's got to be a baseline, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's got to be a baseline there. You want to bring the weaknesses to a baseline. At some point, you got to stop trying to make somebody something they're not. So look yeah. internally. Who's going to help implement the steps in clinical skills and soft skills and in infrastructure? Who are you delegating those specific tasks to with, with that outline of the time that it needs to be done by? And what are the strengths and weaknesses in different team members looking at your team differently? Just because they say hygienist doesn't mean they should only be a hygienist. Just because they say assistant doesn't mean they always have to be chairside. Or just because they say front office doesn't mean that they can't take digital impressions or x-rays and stuff like that. you got to start looking at people's strengths and weaknesses. And sometimes you got to reshuffle people around a little bit yeah. in your team members as well. I like the reshuffling. Yeah. We, well, we don't want to get rid of people. Yeah, no, at some point you have to, well, unfortunately. Well, I think a lot of times people have done this and they're like, I think of a time when I went to someone's mm -hmm. CE and he said, you know, she was a terrible assistant, but she's great at social media yeah. or she's, and I, these are things I didn't know because I was wasting her just sitting chair side with an associate. So I never really got to know her. I didn't know how great her personality was, how great she is interacting with people. And we've trained her to be a treatment coordinator right. and she's much better or something like that. So it's sometimes we don't really get to know someone and we just let them go. But well, we assume not in a the title, right position. you know, right. or people themselves assume, oh, I'm an assistant. This is yeah, what I got to do. You know, I'm supposed to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Now that kind of goes into yeah. the next thing of figuring out who's holding you back. Yeah. If you can't reshuffle them. Yeah, so. <laughs> so some people can be reshuffled. Some people are rigid and cannot be. Yeah. You know, we often think of, uh, kind of in your, in your tone there even yeah. a little bit, uh, we think of fi figuring out if someone's holding you back as who do we have to get rid of. Right. And it's not always that. Sometimes, in my example, I come back to we want to take control of our schedule. And this is one of the big things we do in, in Mastermind One is we help people take control of the schedule because we know, again, broken record, we know that once we get control of the schedule, then we can start accelerating growth. You've got to slow down to speed up. What we found oftentimes is there's a super nice person at the front 
that has a hard time telling people they can't yeah. be seen when yeah. they want to be seen, or they've always been that long, in, my, in our practice it was, the long-time patients that have always made exceptions for and accommodations for. Right. And so sometimes it's not that they have the wrong people or you need to get rid of people. That's, that's really just a hard thing in general. Nobody wants to be the person that has to tell people no all the time. Yeah. You know, and no one in the back ever has to tell people no. They get to say to the patients, oh, we'll take you up front and they'll take care of it. And they're just push. everyone kind of just pushes it all off on you. And then it all crumbles down when you have to constantly say no. So I think it's not always the, a nice person who doesn't want to say no. It's just you're constantly the one who has yeah, to and, say, and so that's, we that, can't do this. And that, what, we, what you just yeah. did was figuring out. You have to be the strongest person. Yeah, if someone's holding you back. Because right. sometimes it's not that the person doesn't want to say no. It could be because... It's like me as as, yeah. as a parent that always has to be the the bad the, guy, the bad guy yeah. right? It's usually the dad. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, I don't want to be the bad guy, right. but I'm always put in the position to be a bad guy. Right. Sometimes the same thing. That That's my point is yeah. you got to figure out at some point, the reason I just choose the scheduling is because I can tell you for most offices, by and large, there's one person that doesn't put anybody on the schedule and that person is named dentist. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> we finally had to tell by, you stop telling people when we By and them. large. Yes. Yes, I may tell you when to put somebody, but I don't actually put them on right, the schedule. Right. Typically control of the schedule often falls on someone scheduling them. In other words, you gotta find out what process is broken or what person is broken or something like that. And I used to like this Let's use Megan as an example. Yeah. Megan used to want to always accommodate patients, correct? Yes. And at some point I told Megan that, listen, I'm just not going to stay late anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing. Just like that, she stopped staying late. Now she'll make right. me see two people at once, yeah. but at least she's not making me stay late. But she was taught that you wanted to get people Oh, yeah, because early in my career, I, I just wanted to say yes to everybody. Right. So that's kind of how she was taught and how she was trained by you. So yeah. that's what she thought was right. So then when you said, now if I stay late, the whole team has this to stay too- late. Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly the hell. They, that nobody was. Nobody wants late. to stay late. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about the scheduler a lot as yeah. being like the person that kind of holds you back. And the scheduler isn't one. For right. the most part, it isn't one person. No, no, it's definitely no. not. Let's talk about instead of what people you need to fire, maybe mm-hmm. what people you need to hire yeah. or what hires you need. To yeah, hire. because oftentimes, and, and when I say hires, I want to be clear because I I know what like, I know what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like I don't need any more team members. Right. Right, I don't have the space for more team members. I don't have the money for more team members. And again, but hiring isn't necessarily another person. No, hiring is the reshuffling that yes. we talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, sometimes you look when we talk about hires you need to make. First, I always look what reshuffling do I need to do? Yeah. Okay. I always look at how do I need to reshuffle the people around me to better put them in a better spot? Because you know, when I hired you seven or eight years ago, yeah, I was just going to say that. You know. In the office, I worked there for five years, and I think I was rehired four times. <laughs> four times, right? In different <laughs> but positions. But different, we had a talk, and it mm-hmm. was, let's try this. Right. Sometimes we have to reshuffle, because yeah. when you see a strength or a weakness in somebody, it's not always just strengths, Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> You're terrible at cleaning instruments. We should move you. <laughs> you should no longer be Thank a sterilization. You. <laughs> Thank you. I was getting tired of cleaning up after people. I um, appreciate it. So, so, so I always look at reshuffling yes. there, okay? Then the second thing I'm going to look at is, am I lacking a position? And I want to come back to that for a second. And then the other thing is, lastly, I want to look, do we need to change team members? Yeah. Okay. You know, I remember Lori, right, when Mm -hmm. she was with 3D. I remember, like, within the first week 
of working with me, she said, it's not who you hire, it's how quick you fire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, I just hired you. <laughs> Why would you tell me that? But that right. stuck with me. And I'm sure she heard it from somebody else. And, and we hold on too long. I want for, you know, because I want to keep the message positive. Let's not yeah. talk about changing people. Let's, you know, let's focus on reshuffling. And then I want to talk very specifically about a lack of a, a position. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, look, when you're starting to move your practice towards a more controlled form of chaos, okay, it's all chaotic, <laughs> yeah. but it's a controlled, controlled form. Chaos. And like you're starting to move towards where you're doing more dentistry on less people, whether that's, you know, just general dentistry or especially when you start doing more expensive dentistry on people. I think one a position that's truly missing in lots of offices is a treatment coordinator. Ideally, that should be a dedicated treatment coordinator. And the first step is you got to assign somebody to be a part-time treatment coordinator, kind of a go-to person that handles the financial arrangements, that handles multi-visit cases and things like that. And I think, especially with our mastermind group, almost every one of them, we've talked about, hey, we need to install a treatment coordinator into your practice. Almost every one of them, 90% of them have looked back and said, wow, that's really helped accelerate the practice. So I think, you know, especially if you're trying to take control of your schedule, having a treatment coordinator, patient advocate, whatever fancy word you want to use is going to be a position that most offices are lacking. I don't necessarily think you have to rehire somebody, hire a new person for that. It may be a matter of reshuffling somebody into that position. And I, I think that would be a great episode for us to do at some, I think we've done it at some point yeah. in time, but you know, maybe um, re-talk about a treatment coordinator or even better, maybe if we could get one of the masterminders that's added one in since they've worked yeah. with us and kind of walk through that process and their thoughts. I think that would be even more valuable for our listeners to not to hear from me, who's been doing that for 20 years, but listen to somebody who's just gone through it. Yeah. Although I just did go through getting a, <laughs> replacing a treatment yeah. coordinator about a year or so ago. So uh, evaluate your team for your success. Remember, I'm a very dentist-centric person. That doesn't mean that we have to be self-centered, but it does mean that at some point in time, since it's your name on the door, it's your career, if your associate's your career path, you gotta focus on what's best for you. And then once you learn what's best for you, being a good leader allows you to lead and cultivate and uplift those around you to help achieve your goal. That's about helping getting people to join in on your mission or how to kind of work in your cause. And that's really what leadership is all about. Thank you guys for listening in this week. Put May 4th and 5th on your calendar. And if there's anything else we can do for you at 3D Dentist, whether it's business training to help you optimize and take control of your practice, or whether it's clinical training to help kind of start adding more procedures to your to your repertoire, please let us know how we can help. Just reach out to Meredith and we'd love to have you. And my kids would love your support and all of that. Thank you so much. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. 
Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.